As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. It's good to be back. It's good to be back talking about a win. Hey, and, and you know what I was realizing today? We've done... What, what episode number is this? 242 episodes. Almost okay. a three... Almost three full years. No. Four. Yeah. This is the end of our fourth year. 18, 19, 20, 21. This will be the first episode that we've ever gotten to talk about Texas Tech bowl projections. It's also the first episode we've talked about a win over Iowa State. Oh, so many firsts. <laughs> Which I guess, I guess we that was the first episode talking about a win over Iowa State was the instant reaction from Saturday. I would encourage you to go listen to it. I'm a little embarrassed by the audio quality. I think I've got that fixed out now. Figured out. I had bad reception, internet connectivity in the room I was in. We've changed the, the, the recently changed the provider. Well, no, I was going to say the, the app that we use to broadcast, we were using one and we, when we went to Twitter, um, and when I first set it up, it just, it just didn't work out. I think I've got that figured out now. And I also have a different internet provider with super strong connectivity in this back bedroom, which is fantastic, by the way. Big fan of AT and T. Yeah, I could see the the like the radiation of the five G. It's just kind of your eyes are glowing. You look like you're in Dune. You look like you're on the spice. Yeah, man. It's been it's been twelve hours, and here we are. Um, yeah, man. So we're talking about Iowa State bowl projections. What the hell are those? Um. Basketball three and oh, we we mentioned last week's preview that there would be two more games between then and now. Three and oh, Friday night versus Grambling, Monday night versus Prairie View AM, Battle of the Band somewhere there on Sunday. Um, although if you looked at Prairie View, <laughs> their travel schedule, they played what three games in three days? They I were I had no idea. Yeah, they were they came into Lubbock 0 and four already. Tech had played two games. And somehow, uh, I mean, Prairie View had rattled off four losses just before they even got off the bus. Because they, I believe, I, I'm not going to go back and look at the schedule because that's just stupid. I believe they played Michigan on Saturday, Oklahoma State Sunday, and then Texas Tech on Monday. They just made a road trip north to south. Ooh. Anyways. An actual road trip? It probably was. Yeah. It probably for, was an actual road trip. For a school as small as, as Brave U A&M, like they're probably playing this, this number of games against power five teams, like to pay the bills. They probably like, Hey, we're going to fly you four different times in, in four days. 
Um, we're going to spend most of the money you make from getting beat up on your, your air tickets. Uh, but here we are. No, um, I, I think they rented a bus, man. Yeah. Just a couple of 15 passenger vans. <laughs> I hope not. That would be really sad. Uh, football, some final thoughts from the Iowa state game. I went back and took some notes. I rewatched the game. Uh, I took some notes. We'll go over some of those quickly because we also have, like I said, basketball and then a preview for Oklahoma state bowl projections. Me, maybe not uh, your questions and what we learned guys. If you want to follow us, keep up with us on Twitter. You follow the show at 23 personnel recently crested 1200 of you followers. Big shout out. What? Thank you. You can follow me at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You want to catch our post game, our post post game. Every time I say it post game instant reaction episode, we're going live Twitter spaces. Yeah, we're going to give that a shot. We had, gosh, we had a 30 or 40 people in there at a time. We did after that game. Of course, you know, I mean, that's if, uh, if tech loses by 17 this weekend, that might drop to two, but fine. we would, we would we still, still you know, we'll still have a good time. So everybody come on in. That was a lot of fun on Saturday. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good folks chiming in. Even had an Aggie chime in. Uh, we we not we may not uh, a couple of back let him up on that, from him, but up on was, the stage again. Yeah, it was like I don't watch them so much, and and they they've been really bad. And uh, okay, dude. All right, all right. Bye. I, I, the, I think my favorite one was. Well, you know, it was good to see a tech team play defense because tech hasn't played defense in, I mean, t- 20 years. And then he corrected himself. Not, probably, probably, probably like 30. 30. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Dude. Thanks buddy. It's time for you. Appreciate you hopping on though. <laughs> Anyways. No, you, you guys are uh, more than welcome to join us. Listen in request to join. Give your two cents. Um, we had Rob, we had Keith, um, had a handful a lot of, of great insight of, from uh, Keith about Donovan. Yeah, for sure handful of you guys, uh, Steven, Hayden, um, I'm blanking on everybody else's name. I'm going to stop there. Cause I'll, I'll just sit here in silence or, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Twitter spaces after the game Saturday. So reverse what we did this week where Michael was coming back from the game and I'm at home. Michael will probably be at the house and I'll be mm-hmm. coming back from the game. Um, but we'll go live 15, 30 minutes after the game, depending how quick I can get back to the car. Um, also, new thing on Twitter. Excited. That uh, it's a, it's a new, uh, new avenue for you guys to, to help support the show. One, you guys are great for helping us through our, our ad revenue. As you download the episodes, we get paid per 1,000 downloads, which is great. We had... Probably three straight record-setting months goes to show. There's excitement in the program, excitement in the product. If you want to further support the 23 Personnel Podcast, we're not we're not beggars, but we would definitely appreciate your guys' support. Twitter tips is open on the 23 Personnel Podcast Twitter account. Help us continue to improve the show. The the equipment, the quality product that we can bring to you guys. If you're so inclined at 23 personnel. Yeah. If yeah, like, like Spencer said, no pressure, but you know, I have been really 
really bad on my picks this year. Um, <laughs> so, but still no pressure though. Everything's fine. Everything's we fine. Are, We're good. If the light flickers a little bit, Spencer, don't worry about it. That's just, it, it's nothing to do with the meter. It's nothing to, it's just, it's the light in this room. Sometimes it just flickers a little bit. The internet fine. goes out. We'll be, yeah, yeah. It's going to be letting it's you know good. why. Also, for a few more weeks, you can catch us on Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon here locally in Lubbock, 103.9 FM, 1340 a.m., a.m. 960 down in San Angelo. We're online. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline at kkam.com and finally before we move on to basketball we have a new sponsor with the 23 personnel podcast and you guys are gonna love them symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge on symbol you can trade teams like stocks and every time your teams win you earn cash use your sports knowledge on symbol to buy low sell high and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use a promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use a promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Right. So three games so far in the basketball season, we got two to talk about tonight. Give you an update where, where everything's at. And then a little look ahead on the schedule. Michael, here we talk about some some hoops. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. The shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into three. Going to puts it down. Already. Odiasi. Throw pars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Colbert got the separation. 
right. So, 3-0 wins over the Northern Florida Osprey. Grambling State. <laughs> I'm not going to know the answer to this. Prairie View A&M Panthers. I like the Panthers. It was, it was good. So, Friday night, the 12th, you played Grambling State. Um, you win this game 88 to 62. Michael, did you, did you take a, a peek at the box score and see that both halves were exactly the same? 44 points for Red Raiders, 31 for Grambling State, both times. I did not. I don't know how I didn't notice that, but I sure didn't. This was one of those games that was really kind of frustrating to me. Um, I felt like, not felt like, of the 44 points that Tech had in the first half that you mentioned, 20 were from free throws. Yeah, man. Um, I kept feeling like they were getting bailed out slightly. Uh, I, I mean, they were being aggressive. They were going to the the hoop a little bit, but man, if <laughs> if I had been on the other end of that, where my team shot six free throws in the first half, and then the home team shot twenty three, I, I sure would have sure would have thought there'd be some home cooking there on the griddle, but. Yeah, I guess that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. 23 first half free throw attempts for the Red Raiders. Only six in the second half. Now, some of that's going to be the aggression. It's turned down a little bit. But on the night, you shoot 22 of 29 from the stripe. 76%. Um, You had a much better shooting half in the second half. Yes. You shot 58% from the field, 50% from three. Um, and, you know, 88 points on the night. Their first two games, um, the first game you put up 50 points in the first half, second game you put up 44. A lot of the excitement and hype coming into the season with this new staff was, yes, you're obviously going to be, be playing really strong defense. But you were you were looking at like all the shooters you're bringing in and and the the coaching staff like man this is an offensive coaching staff and three games in d- delivered man you were scoring a lot of points yeah and speaking of scoring a lot of points Kevin McCullough career night for him it, it's hard to believe but 24 points for him is the most he's ever scored uh, up until. The Grambling State game, he had the highest he scored in the game was 16 versus Texas. Hmm. And that was last season. Um, just really kind of interesting how much he was, how he's kind of embraced this role a little bit more. Uh, you know, he shot nine threes, he shot 18 field goals total. He really he had 50% shooting on field goals. He was nine of 18, three from nine for, uh, for three pointers. Um, you know, only six free throws. So it's not like he did a lot at the charity stripe. He was just making, he was just making buckets y'all. He, he filled up the stat sheet, man. Yes. Nine. He was oh, so close to the double, double nine just, rebounds. Just me. Three assists, two turnovers, one block, one steal, like something in every single category column of the stat sheet for Mr. Kevin McCuller. You know how I've been really impressed with so far? Mm. Bryson Williams. I knew, oh I knew he was going to be like, I knew he was a big deal for 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 UTEP coming in. I was like, man. But so Friday night, played 30 minutes, 16 points. He had uh he had a bunch of points on 
the Tuesday night game. And then on Monday night, 23 points. He was your leading scorer. 23 minutes, 18 points on just stupid, efficient shooting seven of 10 from the field. One of one from three, three of four, three of four from the stripe. Also seven rebounds and an assist. So good. Yeah. He's for the season. He's shooting 73%. He's 22 of 30 right now for the season. And sure. Some of them are a little bit close, but a lot of them are contested. Um, and that's, that's probably aside from three point shooting, which seems to be picking up a little bit on this team. Slowly. Aside from, th- yeah, you, you know, I've, I've just transitioned to criticizing the team. That's, <laughs> you know, good pink Raider of me. Um, but you know, uh, Williams has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's just really been great, but he, this team has had trouble finishing at the rim. That's where I was going. Is it just me or does it seem like they're just missing a lot of really close layups? I, I know they're contested. I know they're trying, they're being aggressive, but man, if, if those start falling, this offense is going to look a lot better. Yeah. But along with that though, I've also noticed Texas Tech has done a really good job offensive on the offensive glass. Like usually in, the, in these, in these first three games, again, your, your opponents have been in the three hundreds, right? Uh, in terms of their, their, their rankings, you miss a shot offensively. You've got two or three guys there jumping, getting their hands up, tipping it back in, or pulling down and, and finding somebody else open. Um, I mean, what was it? Let me let me go back and look. Was it last night's game? Prairie View A and M. Texas Tech had fifty rebounds. Yeah, that was last night. <laughs> yeah, twenty four. No, this again, it, it doesn't really support my they're really good offensive. Like they're good rebounding team, 24 offensive rebounds, 26 on, on the defensive side. Um, Friday night versus grambling 41 rebounds, 18 offensive, 23 defensive. They're pulling down a bunch of misses. Yeah. Um, and both of those games, they just about doubled up the other team on, on rebounds. I think it was 26 to 50 for Prairie view. And then a 23 to 46, for grambling. Yep. 23-41 and then 26-51. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. Really good rebounding team. The um, concerns if if like if you can go that far and, and say you're concerned. Um and it just it's just the way this defense is is set up. You're going to have you're going to you're going to allow teams, you're going to ask teams you're going to force teams to be really good three point shooting teams to be able to beat you um, because of just the, the aggressiveness to close out inside easy shots. Um, you leave some guys open outside and a really good shooting team is, is going to make you pay. Um, and I don't know how you can balance so much of the, the donut defense, the no middle yeah, oh, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, donut. Yeah, food and sports uh, clash at the uh, at the baseline. The baseline. It's not my joke, but yeah. <laughs> um, but also being able to protect on outside shots too. Um, it, it seems like you can't do both. I'm not the X's and O's genius behind this. So I have to ask Mark Adams, like, how do you balance a suffocating interior defense and slowing down teams that shoot well from the outside? 
so far, obviously it hasn't hurt you. You had a, um, a really good night Monday. Uh, you had a 22 point lead at the half. Uh, and Prairie View was only able to make up a few points in the second half. You beat them. Well, sorry, the, the lead expanded. Um, quick math here. You beat them by 35 points. That's big. Yes. Because they, they had, re- like I said, recently played Oklahoma State. They did not lose by 35 to Oklahoma State. And they did not lose by 35 to Michigan or whoever else they played. And am I making this up or am, am I confused on the wrong game? But I feel like, I feel like I keep saying that I think they finished uh, or maybe it was a grambling game where it finished on a run. I think was, it was, no, it was this was, game. Well, so the Northern Florida had a, like a nine Oh run that they had to, to make the end deficit, not as large. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was 84 45 at the, on this game at the end. And then, uh, Prairie View came back a little bit and made it 84-49. So yeah, that that wasn't wasn't really the one I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, just completely outmatched from the get go. It was a little bit sloppy at first, but then it was it wasn't. <laughs> That's it. I mean, then they just decided to start really playing mm-hmm. basketball. You could tell quickly that Prairie View was probably beat up from the road trip, and they were just outmatched. They, they played well. They played hard, uh, you know, didn't, didn't ever really stop. They were trying to play defense and play on inbounds passes and everything. Davion Warren, man, he's just another he's, guy mm-hmm, that, another guy that's really good. The, the Warren, Warren and uh, Williams. I mean, they, they have just been super fun to watch. Uh, Warren is just a terror. He had two steals. I think he should have had more than that because of the deflections kind of like with the first game. He was all over the place there. Uh, 15 points on the night. Second only to our other man, Bryson Williams, 18. Like you mentioned earlier, 20 in 23 minutes, seven of 10 shooting. He even made a three. I mean, what's not to like there? Uh, you know, a few, be, a few rebounds away from a double, double in 23 minutes. Can't get too upset about that. Uh, McCuller, 12 points. O'Banner kind of his, best game so far that we've seen from him still waiting to see what he's going to be able to really bring for sure. Uh, just, it's just been, it's been fun, fun watching this team kind of come together and, and seeing, uh, you know, Adonis arms come out. He had some really big plays in that Prairie view game. I like his energy. Uh, absolutely. And the spark he provides. Love it. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be, I guess between him and Agbo really is kind of your sixth man coming off the bench. And then, you know, Santos Silva, he hasn't had a lot of points in these last two games, but I still maintain, I really like him coming off the bench. He, he brings something special. He's, he plays really hard. Um, it's, it was just fun. I mean, everybody that I think was eligible to play played versus Prairie View, I guess in both of these games, really. Did, did you see that Prairie View played? all 15 other guys. Yes. I was counting. I was counting as you were talking. Cause I thought, do they have the same 16 thing. guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, so it, it reminded me. And, and as I was thinking it during the, the intro, you actually put the note in there. Uh, Zaire Smith was at the game on Monday. 
Yeah, I thought cool of that. What what made me think of that was the promo, right? Because like it was like the there's a second highlight in the basketball promo. It's a Zaire the Zaire Smith against Stephen F. Austin in the tournament. Yeah, you know, a couple years. So ago. I was, you know, I, w- I was pretty happy with this Prairie View win. I, they were obviously just not on the same caliber as Texas Tech. Uh, the Grambling win, you know, Grambling played Tech close last year. Didn't this game was sort of similar. I mean, they had, uh, you know, that one guy who just could not miss this year. Kingsby Kingsby had 22 points, seven of nine shooting uh, three of four from three. So that was kind of like what Spencer was talking about earlier, kind of the, what you have to live with sometimes when you face a team that has a good shooter, they're going to get some open shots. And if they can drain them, they're going to score 22 points on you and really kind of make it tough for tech to officially put this game away. I didn't feel like till maybe the last eight minutes or so that, that 11 Oh run really kind of ended it. So I, I don't really have a whole lot of nits to pick on that game. I do, I do hope this team kind of learns to finish at the rim a little bit better, uh, a little bit better on the turnovers, especially once the subs come in, it gets sloppier almost instantly. And I'm sure that'll shore up some, but, you know, we've got a couple of good ones coming this week. I, I think Incarnate Word might be a pretty good game. And that's just going to be kind I of interesting where they're going to be. I don't think they are. You don't think so? No. So I, I did a quick look. I'm, I'm looking at, at Ken Palm right now. Uh, and I want to get back to those those rankings. Um, Incarnate Word is team number 353 on this list. Oh, oh, that's... There's only okay. five teams listed past them. Um, so for reference... Let's roll up here. Where did I say Grambling State 333. Hampton, uh, which is where one of the transfers came in. Is it Adonis Arms or was it uh Davion Warren? I will tell you, I have the roster next to me. Hang on. Uh, Hampton, Davion Warren. Davion Warren, Hampton 323. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to sniff right into the microphone there. And you were then, just you were just correct. You couldn't help it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I could do a search for it, but it's fine. It, it's okay. So Saturday, the 20th incarnate word South Padre Island battle on the beach. That would, that would be a cool just trip. Like one, if they can figure out how to put a court actually on the beach and then mm-hmm. broadcast it because when you do this kind of like this kind of game, you're not having a whole bunch of fans travel or even local fans show up. Um, do something cool. Like, like what was a couple of years ago? They played a game on a, on a, on a aircraft, aircraft carrier. carrier. Yeah. I mean, they're like, yeah. just, just do it up, man. ESPN plus 4 PM. Again, guys, if you don't have ESPN plus now's the time to pick it up between now and like May. You're going to get lots oh, of yeah. basketball games, lots of baseball games. Um, and, you know, occasional out-of-market games, too. <laughs> They're always yes. fun. Uh, and then a week from tonight, Tuesday the 23rd, Omaha, also ESPN Plus, 7 p.m. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Lamar on, you guessed it, ESPN Plus. So, so far through three games, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Ken Palm. 
You can also look at Haslametrics for the advanced stats uh, and how they they predict. Both of them are very high on Texas Tech, much more so than you know the polls or anything. So uh, for Ken Palm, overall, you're 13th, 13th best team in the country, according to all the stuff that, that uh, he puts together. Adjusted offense, 24th. Adjusted defense, 7th. Yikes. Haslametrics, overall 16th. He he ranks. Uh, he does it on efficiency. Offensive efficiency is nineteenth. Defensive efficiency is fourth. Yeah, so it's it's kind of comforting to see, and I, I think we all agree here. We're on the same page here. Polls are they're fine. They they matter way more at the end of the season than they do at the beginning. And I don't feel slighted that Tech didn't get. Uh, in the top 25 preseason or they're not in it now or whatever, then they probably won't be until they, unless they, you know, have a, have a win against Gonzaga. Of course they would probably reluctantly get put in. uh, (laughs) As the number one efficiency team in the country. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'd probably get into, they might crack the top 20, but, but anyway, even though I just shaded the polls, it's fine. I'm I'm not mad. I'm not mad. You're mad. Fade the polls. You're dumb. I'm not dumb. You're dumb. But it's just kind of comforting or positive to see that two separate metrics, these guys have come up with an overall ranking of 13 and 16. Uh, you know, offense on one is 24th, offense on the other is 19. Defense on one is seven. Defense on the other is fourth. It's not like, you know, both of these guys think Tech is a pretty good team. And those of you listening and those of you who have watched this team, feel this way too, I'd imagine. I don't know if I would just personally rank us that high on defense. It's hard not to, but you know, Spencer touched on it earlier. Our opposing offenses we've faced have a a combined or average efficiency of 306th, according to Ken Palm. So not great. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of great talent we've faced so far. Um, But a Mark Adams team should be ranked pretty high on defense, especially a team with, with this type of athleticism and this type of length and, uh, you know, this type of drive. I mean, these guys play hard. They, they play hard the whole time or they're out there. So I just wanted to just go on a, apparently a, a random tangent about this is, even though you don't see a number by Texas Tech's name when they play, just know that they're looking pretty good. <laughs> they're, they're looking okay so far. They're beating who they're supposed to beat, and they're beating them in the way they're supposed to. And it'll hopefully only just get better from here. Oh, for sure, man. So I'm. What's up, bro? I'm just looking. Uh, sorry, I, I, I was just put, trying to put some thoughts together about the rest of the Big Twelve, just because it's it's has become or is just solidifying itself top to bottom or top to middle. It's one of the better, best basketball conferences out there. If you look at Haslametrics, Kansas is two, Baylor is three, Texas is five, Texas Tech is 16. Um, and then was it? Where's West Virginia? They've got to be right around there. You would think. It, it didn't go low enough. I, I don't do a quick control. West Virginia. So for Ken Palm, uh, West Virginia is 48. But Hmm. on Ken Palm, 
Kansas is three. Baylor is six. Texas Tech is 12. Texas is 13. Um, sorry, I'm scrolling here. New Big 12 member BYU is down there 38. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State 42. West Virginia, or Oklahoma 46. West Virginia 48. So when you talk about not being ranked, I was going to say, you're not going to be ranked yet. Um, you, you mentioned Gonzaga. Really, once you get into, into conference, man, you're going to have opportunity to move up and down quickly on, on a yes. daily basis, basically. And really prove yourself. I mean, we saw it last year or, you know, a couple of years ago, you, you felt like you had a really good team and you went like 500 in conference play just because of how difficult Big 12 is. Um, outside of like Kansas State and Iowa State. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they've been pretty bad lately. Well, Kansas State, well, two years ago, they were pretty, they were pretty good. They surprised everybody. They, they were. And then they, they, they lost uh, Dean Wade uh, last year. And then um, they, they had, oh, what is his name? He had some, all kinds of attitude problems. Cartier Jara. Ooh, that's a cool name. He was uh, in the game in Lubbock. He was screaming at Bruce Weber on the sideline or like in a timeout. It was a bad oh look. anyways <laughs> did he have the like he did he miss a dunk or that there was something that he did yeah i think so there, there was like he completely missed a dunk and, and during that game that may have been the what caused that uh that blow up yeah that'd be so embarrassing can't imagine sucks to can't suck, imagine dude. missing a dunk yeah. actually i can't i did it a lot but never in a game Never in a game. All right, Michael. Um, it's probably because of the pace of football. It's still like an adjustment to catch up to basketball as they played three games in like a week. Um, it, we were talking about Prairie View A&M. They played four games in five days. But they played Thursday, had Friday off, then played Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, they played San Francisco on Thursday, then had Friday off and it was Michigan, Oklahoma state, Texas tech. And they play again Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of days of rest. Anyways, <laughs> basketball's going, man. Uh, and you know, you, you blink too much. You're going to miss all of the non-conference and not that they're going to be stellar matchups. You're going to have the, the, the sec matchups and that tournament. And I think you've got one more, you've got, obviously you got Gonzaga, but I think you've got no, another sec non-conference game outside of the SEC Big 12. Look, you've got the schedule linked right there. But only I had clicked on the link. See, I, I, try to, I try to help. Yeah, there's Tennessee and then I think Mississippi State. Yes, Mississippi State is the official Big 12 SEC challenge and Tennessee is the Jimmy V Classic. That's, that's the one that's playing in the garden. The garden. December Where 7th. tickets are really expensive. And then I mean, not that I was going to just be in New, New York that week. Then conference conference play, sorry, starts on uh, New Year's Day, January. New York, by the way, greatest city in the world. All right, with that, Michael, let's uh, let's roll on over and talk some football. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught touchdown. With time.
down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he, my. You got it. Touchdown, oh. Raiders. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. All right, I was uh, complaining. I wouldn't say complaining. I was talking to Michael before the show started. I had every intention of recutting one of these football intros and including a new highlight for you to listen to. Which highlight would that be, Spencer? I'm sure you're all aware of which one, but if you haven't heard it yet, if you haven't, you need to you need to hear the 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 booth version because the one from Sorry, the radio version is the one from the TV broadcast. It's no bueno. This is much better if you listen to Brian Jensen calling Garibay's 62-yard field goal. I, I tried to play it on the on the show Saturday. I don't know how well it turned out. This one's going to be a whole lot better. So if you haven't heard it yet, check this out. Well, here it goes. Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good! It is good! Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal! Oh my God, can you believe that? Woo! It's got to be like his voice crack there at the end, just like... (laughs) Just letting it all hang out there, man. I, I really like John Harris. Like he couldn't help himself. Wow, that <laughs> <laughs> was basically him going, man. He really got dang. <laughs> yeah, I like he, that. he tries to, wow. to insert just you know a bit of color commentary, but you know Brian Jensen just screaming over there next to him. I have, came off uh, his foot like a rocket, <laughs> which it did. It did, by the way. I have a. Uh, I know, I know we're onto football now, but I have breaking news. Ooh, yes. So uh, regarding basketball, by... Please tell me there's news on TJ Shannon. No, there's not. Sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to get that involved. <sighs> Man. Um, Texas Tech has the second most fans in attendance in the nation. They have accumulated 40,000 fans, second only to Wisconsin, who has 47 and some change. Third is Syracuse with just a hundred less or so. So, okay, here's the official number. Texas Tech, 40,835. Syracuse in third, 40,770. Maryland behind them. Marquette behind them. Number Let's two go in Red the Raiders. Nation. Let's go Red Raiders, man. Let's go watch some basketball. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that clip from, and you've got to use, you've got to use Purdy's, I mean, not Purdy. You've got to use Jensen's call because, I mean, I'm a guy who I like Doris Burke. I like female announcers. I have no issue with it, but Beth Moens, I went back and listened to some of this game. I, I couldn't, she's like, it's like she's doing a, a Brock, my impression the whole time. It's just her best. The five we're going <laughs> down to the wire. Christopher you know, it's, Walken it's just, almost. 
yeah, yes, it's it's a Christopher <laughs> Walken, Brockmire combo. I I feel like if she met, you know, the, the, that ball is like a an Italian boat, Gonzola or whatever it is. <laughs> I think that's cheese, man. But anyway, I, I, that just I, I went back and watched as much of it as I could before we started, and I was just want to pick apart some of the the terrible officiating calls that we probably won't really get into because we don't need this podcast to be three hours. (laughs) Oh, but hold on, Michael. Oh, Spencer has notes. I forgot. I went back and rewatched the game last night. I took copious notes. I have this little, these are, these are great field notes make great little pocket notebooks. I think they're 48 pages in each one of these books. You, when you buy them on the field notes website, you get packs of three fantastic design guy has actually turned on to this guy, this designer from Seth and Brian taking the planes, Aaron Draplin. It's a great graphic designer. Um, he's one. Th- did you bring those? Did you bring those to the radio show? Probably. Cause I think I saw one out on the, on the table on Saturday and I forgot who did. I, I meant to ask whose it was. I've yeah. seen one on a table recently. It must've been yours. So not sponsored. I'm just a big fan of Aaron's. He actually came and spoke to the Lubbock advertising professionals group in town mm-hmm. recently. I think it was last summer. Maybe it was the summer before. I'm not sure. He was in town. I wanted to go see him. Was not invited because I'm not a part of that group. If he had come to talk to PRSA of West Texas, I would have been there, man. <laughs> um. Anyways. Okay. So I'm not going to go through every note because uh, I'm not going to read six pages of my notes. <laughs> or will I? No. I want to talk about some some key moments in the game. Um. Good and bad for both teams. Um, one, one of the things I notice a lot, um, for a team that we've had some issues or a lot of fans complain, like you're, you're not playing with large enough players. You can't roll up with three defensive linemen, um, all this stuff, right? Like you can't stop the run with three down linemen. Iowa state played a lot of the game with two tight ends and a fullback and ran for 80 yards. Incredible. I did not see that coming at all. We talked about that on the show Saturday. I was a complete turd in the punch bowl about it. I just kept bringing up the Texas game, the TCU game. You guys tried to convince me. He's like, no, Tech has a pretty good running defense. Those are just bad examples. Those are just bad days. And I just kept arguing against it. And then somehow, Brees Hall runs for 51 yards <laughs> of his 51 yards. Michael 36 of them came on two carries. <laughs> oh gosh. He essentially went 16 carries for 16 yards. Ooh. Outside of he had a 15 yarder and then that 21 yards touchdown to end or towards the end of the first half. Okay. On Tech's second drive, you get a ball thrown across the middle. Our lovely tight end, Koontz, catches the ball. Yes. Goes down to the ground with possession. This is key. Hits the dang ground and the ball comes up. What is that, Michael? It's a complete pass. Is it a fumble? No. Is it an interception? No. What does... What do the officials say? They call it a uh, interception. 
I don't know. The, I don't know how. And then Cumby called a timeout after that. Was it to just try tr- to get it, it? It looked like he tried to get it to review because he came out on the field and basically pointed towards where they would go to review. Yeah. Nothing. So it's frustrated about that. So Donovan Smith's one interception in this game, not really an interception. One, because it wasn't his fault to like a tipped it's pass. Like a tipped pass anyway. Even I if would, it was, it was right. Yeah. I, I, I'd have a hard time saying, oh, that's on Donovan Smith. Unless it was like the receiver's running right and he has to reach so far back with his left hand and he just barely touches it. No, that's not the case. All right. There was, there was a play that was, it was sneaky good. And like the first time we've seen it this year, um, we motion into a wildcat set. Donovan Smith and Eric Azucanma both go in motion. Uh, they both head left. So Azucanma is coming in from the right. He comes in behind center. Donovan Smith goes out to like a, a slot receiver on the left. Snaps the ball. Azucanma takes off left. Smith comes back towards the middle. And then they fake a pitch. So like Azucanma fakes a pitch back to... Donovan, who then sells it like he pops up as if he's like in his technique to throw it downfield. And then he does like a quick shoulder pump. And then it was, his part of the play was over. And then as runs like 30 yards, <laughs> I loved it. I'm just saying, I love that. was one of those that play. happened really fast in the stadium. And I just, I just thought well, it was like a jet sweep kind of thing. No, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't really paying. I was like, oh, wow, dang. Of course, Ezukama out of the backfield again. That's awesome. So he, he Way to go, Cumby. Yeah, he took the direct snap. Um, so to your point, you're saying it happened very fast. The The commentators said Donovan Smith was not on the field. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Okay. Um, Donovan Smith was not on the field. Um, a little bit later... Iowa State has the ball. They throw it to Charlie Kolar. And he is stripped on his way to the ground. Texas Tech picks it up, returns it several yards, goes to review. They say that Kolar was down. Okay. This is one of those, those review, like it's a big momentum play for Texas Tech. Goes to review, is overturned. My problem is like, if you're going to call Kolar down, Koontz had more possession, more time with the ball, had more, did more things with control of the ball. More than, football moves. <laughs> Koontz took several steps and then went to the ground and then lost it. Kolar caught it and then he was going down as he was turning back upfield. But somehow he had possession long enough to hit the ground and not have a fumble. Um, and then a couple of plays later, Colin Schooler intercepts it. So it's like, okay, well, that's good. We got the ball back anyways. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech had more rushing yards halfway through the second quarter than Iowa State has averaged giving up entire games. Oh, I couldn't believe how well Tech was running the ball. Both running backs too. Well, not both. I think more than, I think we had four ball carriers total. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, Taj Brooks and Sir Audric just really dominated. Yeah, no, for sure. And Smith. Donovan yeah. Smith was was effective and efficient on the ground. Okay. A little bit later in the game. So good in the pocket, too. He just knows when yes. to take off and when not to. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. 
Iowa State is down 28 to 7 at this point. First down, swing pass, goes for minus four yards. Second and 14, Brock Purdy is sacked. It's third and 18. You know what happens on third and 18, Michael? Yes, I do. Brock Purdy sails a ball 10 yards past his receiver who flops in front of a Texas Tech defender. Did Eric Monroe touch the receiver? Unlikely. But you know what happened? Pass interference. First down. First down. Iowa State. Even the terrible Beth Moens was like, well, that was clearly uncatchable. And I was like, oh, oh, but it, but that, that's pass interference. That's first down. I just realized, I just realized what it is. It's Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. That, <laughs> that's Beth Moens, a tall, cool Budweiser. Um, and then just a couple plays later is that Brees Hall touchdown run. Yeah. Okay. So ni- nice little, nice little, uh, you know, fist bump to the refs on that third and 18 conversion. I just knew in the stands, I was just waiting and the flag came out and I just started laughing like a, like a maniac. Cause I just knew that they were going to find something at this point in the game. Iowa state has two touchdowns, both drives they've scored on heavily sustained by terrible officiating completely extended on third down referee calls or the, the interception that was a, Texas Tech completion. Anyways, Texas Tech takes over the ball with a minute 11 remaining in the first half. Converts a third and eight by a run up the middle. Like the Neil Brown special. He would have had probably had that not converted. We would have been roasting. And then our man Garibay kicks a 45 yard field goal as time is running out in the first half to go up 31 to 14. All right. So second half really quickly. Um, first play, very first play. You know what happens? Brock Purdy sails a ball 10 yards over his receiver's head. Is he anywhere near Texas deck defender? No. But what happened is they bumped. It was a double move and he bumped into a receipt, a, a defender 20 yards before the ball lands past him. First down. Um, however, two plays later is where he tries to throw that deep, um, Purdy tries to throw that deep post route that like rabbit was just like, nah, man, it's my ball. Dadrian Taylor, Demerson safety, number 25. He was basically receiver on that. Like, like you look at the, the replay or just the, the broadcast of it. He was inside of the receiver the entire mm-hmm. way. So, excuse me. On the on the on that next drive, Texas Tech third one. Brooks breaks off a fifty-yard run. We're well past Iowa State's rushing yards that they've given up, and Brooks breaks free for fifty yards. Um, however, on this drive is the first of the two failed fourth-down conversions. I will I will stand by Cumbie's decision to go for it both times. I didn't mind. I didn't hate the call the first time. The quarterback power run to the right. You needed a yard. I kind of wish you were done under center, but whatever. I'm. You go with, with what you're comfortable with doing and what what you know. Um, and from the eleven, like that's not a that's not a bad place to force your opponent to make a stop. 
right? Because if they stop you, they've got to go 90 yards. Yeah. If you convert there, you're, you're, it's a backbreaker. It's, it's a touchdown incoming. So I'm okay with that. No. I'm, I'm with you. I was okay with it both times. I, I think I mentioned on the instant reaction, I've marinated a little bit on it. I still feel the same way. I think even if tech had lost, I, I, uh, in the moment, I remember how I felt in the moment and I felt good about it then. Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, foot on the gas, let's go. Let's, let's try to put this thing away. We can't, you know, just assume that they're going to not be able to move the ball on us the rest of the game. Um, you had a 40 yard punt return. What? I loved it. I loved it. Is that the first, is that the first punt return more than 15 yards since Jakeem Grant? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm um, making that up. This unfortunately is the, the drive that has the, the fourth and three where you don't convert and you were much further back up the field. Again, I didn't hate the call. I didn't like the play call because it was the same. Like you ran the same play, but just to the left. You had to go too. It was fourth and three. Having watched the replay, Michael, I was crinkled my notes. You want to know why? Running left, Donovan Smith could have picked up the first down had he continued left. (sighs) I think he saw like an unblocked defender in front of him and he cut back. But what he didn't see was a Texas Tech blocker that, um, like, as soon I, I swear, as soon as Donovan Smith cut back right, the blocker and that unblocked defender just mash. Like he would have had so many yards going to that left side. So maybe it was the right play call because I did. We did kind of criticize that. Just incorrect read, slow block. Donovan Smith's just too fast. He got there too quick. I don't know, man. <laughs> it might be it. However, on so Iowa State takes over on that drive that they took over was the simultaneous possession between Charlie Kolar and Eric Monroe. What happened? When I went back, I watched it several times in slow motion or whatever. Charlie Kolar caught the ball in the air. He's got possession. Eric Monroe has his arm like he's got an arm like straight up inside of the halo of Kolar's two arms on the ball, right? So he's got two arms on the ball. Eric Monroe's hand is between his chest and the ball on the way down. Monroe gets both arms around it and takes the ball from Kolar on the way down. They land on the ground. Monroe's got two hands on the ball and the ball against his chest. Kolar basically flipped. He's got one hand on the ball between Mm. Monroe's chest and the ball. Monroe basically landed on his back. They, they landed on their sides, their sides. Okay. In a very awkward, like 69 type. Hey, hey, wait a minute. They were, they were, um, no, that's not, if you zoom out just a little bit, it It was was like, like, wow, a spoon. Mm. (laughs) anyways anyways Monroe had possession for sure like whatever they went to review and said no 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 no. Mm -mm. that's Kolar's bar ball well I was wondering if even if it was so close to the sideline how is that even in bounds so they they came down in bounds and I think Monroe well one of them eventually was over the line but they came down in bounds um, a couple of plays later, Kolar scores. 
So now Iowa State has scored 21 points, three touchdowns. <laughs> All of them to this point have been sustained by bad calls, wrong calls. Um, so this makes it 31, 21, three minutes left in the third quarter. Um, the ensuing drive Tech's first punt in the game with a minute left in the third quarter. Ah, beautiful. Uh, Unsung hero, by the way, McNamara, the holder, the holder, on that on 62 yarder. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I said, I wasn't going to do this and we've gone way too long. Um, I knew you would. They throw a back shoulder fade to Kolar 31, 28. There was a, a, I would say questionable call, but this is the first drive that you could say Iowa state had sustained on their own. Good for them. Really happy. For 13 them. minutes left in the first quarter. They score on their own. Fourth and quarter. Yeah, right. 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Iowa state scores on their own. It's a three point game. Um, I'm going to skip ahead to we, Iowa State on page four yet. Oh, we're on page six. Now Iowa oh, okay. State's last drive. Let's just put it this way. They are driving They're They're in the red zone. Um, Iowa State takes over the ball with four thirty left. Um, Brock Purdy breaks off a 20 yard run and gets basically into field goal position. We're like, this is when we're okay. like, Oh no, it's happening. Texas Tech, so the next play that I would say picks up three yards, Texas Tech takes a timeout. Their last timeout, second and seven, a minute 18 left. They're in field goal range. Had Iowa State run the ball two more times, because they had three timeouts left. Had they run the ball, they could have taken off, without getting a first down, taken off every last second of that clock and kicked a field goal to send it to overtime. Really? I never put that together. Mm-hmm. They had, like I said, three timeouts, a minute 18 left. Tech Tech couldn't stop the ball. Like, sorry, couldn't stop the clock. So on second down, they could have run it. And that clock would have just rolled down from 120 down to like 40. So third maybe down. They, maybe they were just so rattled by Texas Tech's defense. They're like, we can't run against these guys that they weren't they even thinking they didn't about have to. Clock. They were in, they were in field goal. Like they were inside the 20. Yeah, you're right. Had they run on second down without picking up zero yards. Okay. The clock goes from 120 down to 40 or 45 seconds. Third down, they run again. They get that down 10 seconds, take a timeout, kick the field goal on fourth down, maybe leave a couple of seconds left but the game is tied. They're essentially forcing overtime. And we all felt Texas tech was not going to win that game. It hadn't gone to overtime. It was just not yeah. training that way. It did not seem like a, those tight ends were absolutely eating our lunch. And then gosh, who was that other kid? Oh, Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Good God. <laughs> they, now that we're, we're an hour in, <laughs> now that we're an hour in Brock Purdy finishes the game. 32 of 42, 76% completion on the night, 356 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, should have had two more interceptions. Brees Hall, 18 carries, 51 yards. Like I said, essentially went 16 of 16, 16 yards on 16 carries. And then had two of those long, longer runs. Xavier Hutchinson, eight receptions, 112 yards, 14 yards per catch. Kolar had eight receptions as well, 76 yards, nine and a half yards per catch. So not as many yards per catch, but two touchdowns. Yeah, now the Iowa State defense, we all came in like, oh, we're so scared. 
Second in the Big 12 in total defense. Second in the Big 12 in rush defense. 102 yards per game, three yards per carry. Like I said earlier, Tech matched Iowa State's average rushing yards per game six minutes into the second quarter. Texas Tech ran the ball 34 times, taking out the sack yardage for 218 yards at 6.6 yards per carry. They were, Iowa State was first in the Big 12 in pass defense, 180 yards a game, 6.8 yards per completion. And then a little old redshirt freshman never started a game in his life. Donovan Smith throws 25 completions on 32 attempts, besting Charlie Kolar's 76% completion rate for 78% completion. 322 yards, 12.9 yards per completion. Three touchdowns, one bogus interception, and Smith helped lead the offense to convert eight of 14 third downs. That's just huge. Huge. It's huge. huge. Texas huge, Tech was huge a huge game by the by the freshman. Uh yeah. I'm I'm aboard the Donovan Smith. I, I'm aboard him getting the rest of the snaps. I was I talked about it earlier preseason in the spring. I was a big fan of Donovan Smith. Oh yeah. Um, but now like he's got the experience. We've seen what he can do now. It's like so Shuck, we, we thought was getting close. He was in street clothes on the sideline. You know who I didn't see? Henry Columbia. Well, I think he had an illness. Okay. Well, that would make sense. But right. yeah, like, well, I don't know, but I thought I saw illness somewhere was like the official report or his dad tweeted something about, you know, you've got to take care of yourself first or there was something alluding to an illness or. Okay. Well, that would make that's, sense. That's all I know. Because that was something I, I, I noticed during the game and I went like, as I was re re rewatching it. I was like, yeah, they never showed him. You never see him on the sideline. Um, so you legit had two quarterbacks dressed out for the game on Saturday. Where's Xavier? Oh, he's still playing. No, I'm just kidding. Xavier Martin. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. Uh, Dan, where, where's your boy at? Yeah, no. Um, so ha- saying that now, even more impressed with the gutsy calls of of Cumbie putting Donovan Smith in there to run as much as he did knowing Smith goes down we're we're on to Baron Morton we're at the same point the gutsy pat I mean just really trusting him really trusting his quarterback which I'm sure was a confidence booster for Smith too oh for sure Texas Tech winning that game as a 10 and a half point dog 58 and a half over under Texas Tech obviously wins 41 38 so they cover they hit the over. Michael and I were both pink Raiders. Never again. <laughs> well, I'll say that. And then we haven't made the Oklahoma state picks yet. So we'll just keep going. We'll get there. Jer- J- Jerry, Joey McGuire updates. Um, we talked about it in the instant reaction because those recruits and commitments were coming in hot that night. Um, yeah. So Impossible far to keep up so far, he's got, he added three commitments to the 2022 signing class. Cedar Hill players, defensive back Jalen Peoples, defensive lineman Sincere Massey, and defensive lineman Harvey Dyson. That helped jump your class almost 20 spots nationally with just those three guys. And they weren't like top of the class guys, right? Like they're great um, contributors. Only getting better, right? Your 2023 class, 
12th in the country right now <laughs> with two commits, right? So like it's early. One of the big ones that you were, you were hoping for defensive end linebacker from post four star Isaiah Crawford committed. And then most recently offensive lineman from Amarillo, who has notoriously been anti Lubbock, anti tech, not this player, but just athletes from the city of Amarillo. Offensive lineman, Caden Carr. That's right. He was the guy that we talked about because had he committed to TCU? I don't think so. Or someone from Amarillo committed to TCU recently, and there was a pretty big hubbub of on the old Rob Rowe College tailgate about the allure of Fort Worth for Amarillo people versus Lubbock. Like, I think it may have been Lubbock's Major Everhart. Do what? I think it may have been the running back from Tascosa, Major ah. Everhart. Okay, that may have been it. Um, so nothing new in terms of like, uh, official commitments, you are seeing offers go out left and right. And I'm here for it. I love it. And I just, I don't get, um, the, the stance that the previous head coach had taken about recruiting in mid in season. And apparently he's not the only one. Uh, cause w- what do we hear from, um, Dan Mullen? Florida? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to wait till after the season to do recruits. Like you're, you're going to do what you're going to, you're going to give people your competitors a three month head start on you. Let's see how that works well, they, out for you. And they almost I, got, they almost lost to Samford this weekend. Well, I think that's the difference. Now I'm not sure why Matt Wells felt that way or if he did or what, but I think the Florida's and the Georgia's and the Alabama's of the world. I don't actually, I don't think Nick Saban feels that way, but I'm sure those people think that all they've got to do is just make a phone call and say that they're at Florida and they're going to get the guy. So that I think that probably kind of takes into effect. They, they, the name goes into more of it than, than, than actually grinding and, you know, like, well, I'm not from Florida international. No, I'm, I'm from Florida. So you'll want to come play for me. I think they just feel that that recruiting sometimes is beneath them because they're just going to, it does it, does it on its own, which ain't all true. We know that. All right. So you've got a note here, Michael, that's uh, it's juicy. Hmm. I do. What is it about the availability <laughs> of uh, Tyler Shuck? Yeah. Uh, Cumby said himself that he is Tyler Shuck's out the rest of the year. Don't expect to see him the rest of the year for, and I think I wrote it weird. I, yeah, I wrote Tyler Shuck to sit out rest of the season. I, that's, it makes it sound like Shuck decided to sit out, but I, I think it's quote unquote to, due to injury, which I'm sure is to maintain that medical red shirt. Yeah. And, and going into the, or, you know, our initial thoughts when he was injured against Texas, like the timeline would say he's coming back middle of October, or sorry, middle of November. And he'd have two, maybe three games after he was cleared. Um, let alone being like game ready again. So it was unlikely he was going to be coming back. So it's not like a big surprise here, but really solidifies Donovan Smith finishing out this season as your starting quarterback. And then finally, um, your final game of the year, time has been set. Baylor game on November 27th. 
kickoff at 11 a.m. So you've got a night game on the 20th against Oklahoma State at 7, and then a day game, a morning game down there in Waco, 11 a.m. on the 27th. Yeah, back to Shuck. The actual article came from KCBD where they quoted Sonny Cumbie, and this is the quote, I would anticipate Tyler being out the rest of the regular season. There was no context provided, but uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with Donovan Smith's performance or not, if that was kind of always going to be the plan, and he just thought, well, let me just get this out of the way, or... Donovan Smith just set the world on fire and he was 50 50 on it and was like, yeah, Shuck, why don't you just sit out these last two games? That way we can keep that medical red shirt and bring you back next year. If you, if you want to come back, you know, depending on if Cumbie's there, all that, all the other stuff that's in the air. Yeah, for sure. Welding instructor, Alex declare knows VR training platforms like forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Simple is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every team, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second just like the stock market, which I completely and fully understand. So 
you know, you're listening to the right guy. If you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD. SD is in sports drink to make your first deposit risk free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked, which is good because I would ask a lot of questions. <laughs> no, they would be asking you questions, Michael. Oh yeah. The like, what the hell are you thinking? How I don't mean, know, man. I just, you know, I, I just really thought that, uh, that Florida state was going to be a lot better this year. Sorry guys. Having just uh, canceled an internet service provider, deactivated services, I'd answer a lot of questions and, and turn down a lot of their offers. Like, had you, had you made this much effort when I was wanting to be your customer? We may have had a different conversation. Yep. But, uh, tale as old as time. I was like, no, I, I appreciate it, but no, no, I appreciate No, we're good. And ultimately they, they, they made an offer that would have, I would have been paying about what I'm paying now. But the equipment so far, like I said, I recently switched to AT&T. I have as much signal strength in my master bathroom as I do sitting next to the router across the house. Whereas with the previous provider, if I was out of like eyesight of the router, it was, uh, it was dicey. Yeah. As, you, as you guys heard on the, on the, the Twitter space this weekend. All right. We're, 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 um, these times we, of the we year have we have to roll through this. We've <laughs> got a uh, multiple sports going on. The episodes get a little long. Oklahoma state Cowboys coming into town nine and one, six and one of the big 12, 7 PM on the big Fox, not the big nooner. Uh, title hate title race is heating up. Michael, I, I jumped on and was just, as just casual listener to a Twitter space of a couple of their, fan sites a lot like how we cover Texas tech. There were those kind of guys that cover Oklahoma state hosting a Twitter space. Let me tell you what I heard. They talked about how they are, uh, underrated, criminally underrated and nobody's given them the time of day and they're not, they're not giving Oklahoma state the credit for how good they are. I wasn't on there for like their entire show they did not mention the game against Texas tech. You know, they did say when we win bedlam and when we win the big 12 game, as if they were foregone conclusions that they would be in the playoff. I was like, all right. So our theory of the let down look ahead sandwich, I don't even know they understand they have a game this weekend because they were so, so preoccupied with bedlam, their own fans could do nothing but talk about well, how great it's going to be to see a Bedlam win in person. How great is it that we're finally going to see a Bedlam win in person? It's like, Hey, here's Texas tech right here saying hi. Not that I'm saying we're going to, we're going to jump up and, and bite them. However, are you talking so, about like taking your opponent seriously? It's not by looking ahead to the next opponent and then the conference title game. And then where you'll be ranked by the playoff committee. Well, and it's if if you're going to piss and moan about being ranked number ninth in the country right now, you're not taking yourself seriously. Who, who cares? That is that not good enough? 
just win your games. Ninth in the country. You, there are there's nothing you can do about it. Just just win your see. games. One, two, three. There are seven nine and one teams in the country in the top ten, and you're one of them. That's seems like a pretty good place to be for an Oklahoma State team. That what last year? Let me see what they did. They almost lost to Tulsa. <laughs> I mean, and the way they started this season, even it was just rough. Last year, they were an eight-win team last year. They were eight and three. Um, you know, so they did do pretty well. But I remember that crap coming out. What was it? After the fourth game? Uh, maybe when they beat Kansas State. Like, no one's talking about how good this defense is. And I think it was from one of their official accounts. I'm like, yes, we are. What are you talking about? <laughs> People are talking about how good the defense is. Baylor only scored 14 points on you. You know, Kansas State scored 20. Boise State, 20. Tulsa, 23. Missouri State, 16. Okay, that was kind of a rough game. Uh, Iowa State, they won, but they only scored 24. Uh, West Virginia only scored three. They trounced TCU last week, 63-17. I I don't know. I don't buy the whole nobody's believing in us. I forgot that we even have to go to Lubbock, but Bedlam's coming and I can't wait to play in the big 12 championship. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, they, they've got a good team. They've got a great defense. Yes, they do. <laughs> just <laughs> you like just to say it. You've got a great team, just a surprisingly need- great team. I was, I was really, really skeptical of them after that Boise state game. I thought, man, they've just gotten lucky. That's all that is. And nope. I mean, you don't rattle off six more wins after that if you're not pretty darn good. Yeah. So they're tied for first with Oklahoma. Oklahoma has to play Iowa State and then Oklahoma State. They've got a tough schedule. Oklahoma State has to play Tech and Oklahoma. Baylor, second place. I guess it would be third place, but they have to play. Oh, yeah, you're right. They have to play Kansas State and Tech. They have a tough schedule left. So like... Yes, the title race between those three teams like, is going to be interesting to watch over the, these last two weeks. But I was like, I, I wasn't getting defensive because like, I understand that like, we're, we haven't been relevant. Even at times this year, we've been just disregarded, which is fine. I, I understand where that's coming from. But just to hear the arrogance is like, am I like a Texas broadcast? Like, what is going on? <laughs> All right. So looking ahead to the game, their offense scores 32.2 points per game. Texas tech allows 33 and a half quarterback. Spencer Sanders apparently has found himself uh, a little bit this year, completing 62% of his passes for almost 1800 yards, 14 touchdowns, six interceptions. He is their team's second leading rusher. A lot like Iowa state, they lean heavily on one running back. Quarterback is number two. The number two running back, way down the list. Um, Sanders, 94 carries for 370 yards on their four touchdowns. That running back I mentioned, Jalen Warren, he's a good one. As I feel like a lot of Big 12 teams have a really good running back. They do this year. 208 carries, 1,041 yards. Good for five yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. When they're not running it, they're throwing it to Tay Martin and Brendan Presley. 
Martin's got 47 receptions for 635 yards, 13 and a half yards per catch, six touchdowns. Presley, 35 receptions, 422 yards, 12 yards per catch, five touchdowns. It's those four guys. It's Sanders, Warren, Martin, and Presley. The next rusher behind Sanders and Warren has like 10 carries. The next leading receiver behind Martin and Presley. So Presley has 35 receptions. The next guy down has like 15, right? The offense runs through these four men. And they're still pretty dang good defense. All right, here's where it gets salty. Cause as much as we talked about Iowa state having good defense, buckle up. This was, they were, this was getting you ready to play Oklahoma state. <laughs> yeah, No kidding. <laughs> Their defense, number eight scoring defense in the country. They only allow 16 points per game. Tech said Texas Tech is scoring 33 and a half. Wait, 16. That's all they give up. 16 points. Oh per crap. I didn't know it was that low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They are. Yeah. Dis- yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Their, their, uh, their defense is obviously overrated and really sucks. Yeah, for sure. That's what I meant to say. Uh, like I said, they're disruptive tied for first in the country in sacks per game at almost four sacks. Four. Sacks a game. Tackles for loss, they're second. 7.7 tackles for loss per game. You know who else we played that had a lot of tackles for, for loss per game? Houston and West Virginia. Not saying it's going to be the same way, but going through these, I was like, oh, look, I, I, I may have found a, a, a kink in their armor, right? They're 94th in red zone defense. Ah, found it. They allow 87% conversions once a team gets in the red zone and the scores. Having said that, <laughs> they've only allowed teams into the red zone 23 times on the season. You know how many games they played? 10. Which means they allow a team in the red zone two times per game. Oh my gosh. Well, in tech, you have a stat right here. Tech has been in the red zone 43. Yeah. On the year, tech, tech is in the red zone 43 times and scores on 91% of those 30, 30 touchdowns of the 39 scores. So it's like, Oh, look, we got it. Okay. We just got to get in the red zone. Just, just have to get in the red zone. Yeah. That's um, easy. So we mentioned the letdown look ahead sandwich. They've got bedlam next week, uh, Saturday night after Thanksgiving. That's going to be a great game. I think. Yeah. ABC six thirty. Um, The other, I, I, I put the penalty thing in here. Uh, just because like, it's such a wild swing from where Texas tech has been Tech's averaging five penalties per game for basically 45 yards. Whereas I feel like even a few years ago, it was like 10 penalties for like 80 yards a game, which was significant. Um, looking at the matchups, their pass defense, pretty good. Texas Tech averages 275 yards per game on 9.01 yards per attempt. Oklahoma State gives up 192 at 6.64 yards per attempt, which means when you complete a pass, you're not going very far. Texas Tech, oh, Oklahoma State's rushing defense, even better. Texas Tech runs for 166 yards per game. At just under five yards per carry, Oklahoma State allows 91 yards per game at 2.75 yards per carry. So they basically do to every team what Tech was able to do to Iowa State on the rushing 
yeah attack so Good remember gravy. remember how how like just backwards Brees hall was going all night and just like he yes. couldn't get away that's what they do to everybody texas tech is able to convert on 45.5 percent of their third downs it's actually pretty high up in their country you know oklahoma state's third down defense second in the country <laughs> 24.8% less than one in four on defense. Texas tech allows 270 passing yards. Oklahoma state only throws for 215 yards per game. They Oklahoma state runs for almost 200 yards a game at 4.3 yards per carry Texas tech through the, the season so far with the ups and downs. It's averaging giving up 136 yards a game at 4.1 yards per carry, which is wild when you consider that Texas Tech has given up 300 yards twice. And then third down conversion, almost the same right there at 44%. So when Oklahoma State has the ball, they're going to try to run it. And we've said this for teams before, and it's like they've skewed more to the pass, and I'm sure it'll happen again. (sighs) Texas Tech, when they have the ball, though, my goodness, you've got to be able to string drives together. You've got to stay on the field because you, <laughs> it may, it may be, it may be struggle bus. Is it, is offense. it four down territory every drive? It may be um, going into this game. Text tech. I ha- had to double check. Cause like, has Michael updated this part? Ten yeah, and a half no, point it, was, dog. it was almost the exact, I think it was the exact same as last week. Very close. Ten and a half point dog at home over under 57. I think last week was 10 and a half and 58. Um, FPI gives Texas Tech a 22% chance to win this game. So, Michael, I'm going to ask you first. I've, I've, I've gone first the past few weeks and have taken basically your score prediction. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. How do you see this game going? I, I'm going to be a pink Raider again. I, I do think here's the red Raider part because initially as we were talking, I talked myself, my, myself out of an Oklahoma State cover. I talked myself into a Texas Tech cover. and uh, But I'm still taking the under on the points. I've got Texas Tech losing 31 to 24. This defense is really something else, guys. I mean, and I know we said the same thing about Iowa State, and this offense was really able to put up a lot of, a lot of points against uh, a good defense. But it did start to falter there towards the end. And our, you know, I mean, our defense started to falter a little bit as well once Iowa State was actually able to score points on their own. But this game worries me. I I just, it's worried me for weeks now. And Oklahoma State just continues to pick up steam. It's hard to, it's hard to ignore what they did to TCU last week, just completely completely demoralized well and, so let's see pants to that team i mean you know tcu has some i don't know if they have a scholarship running back on the right sidelines anymore i, I mean there's all sorts of some stuff going on there i know but context we were, but you got yeah, it, yeah we were all championing them for you know beating baylor the week before and how they were able to overcome adversity and all that kind of jazz and then they put up 17 against oklahoma state and allow 63 just blows my mind. So that really kind of put the fear of God in me. I mean, TCU, they had a field goal in the first half in the first quarter 
and then they didn't score again till the fourth. So, I mean, the game was well out of hand. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth. Can I make it even worse than that, though, Michael? Please do. One of those TCU touchdowns was a scoop and score. So it wasn't even offensive. It was, it was a defensive score when Oklahoma state had in their backups. They, they, it was, it was the strangest thing. I, I watched highlights of that game just to quickly get a feel of it. They ran a read option play, the quarterback and running back both on obviously different pages. Cause as the, the two players mesh, the ball falls straight down. Oh, just drops. <laughs> they both thought the other one had it or something. Oh no! And they were going different directions. Like that ball just fell and just sat there. And the, the defensive end who they were reading is like, okay, I'll take it and picks it up and runs it in. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's, I've got, that's a shame. I've got Texas tech covering um, because I think as much as, as, as I thought uh, Iowa state was going to be able to do, it, I think Oklahoma state may be able to do a lot better what Iowa state wanted to do. Um, I do like, with as much as you've seen Texas Tech offensively struggle against Iowa State, last week made me a believer that like you can figure out defenses. Yeah. That Cumbie can figure out how to get around defenses. Um, it was enough last week. So even though I, I, I see Oklahoma State gives up 17 points per game, I think Texas Tech scores 28. But I think you also give up 38. So I've got Oklahoma State winning 38-28, and it may be even a backdoor cover. You may score a touchdown late. It may be 38-21. Um, and like Oklahoma State may have like a comfortable lead through most of the game, or you may trade scores early on and then you're you're not able to keep up. But I've got Oklahoma State winning this game. I'm excited to see how it turns out. I'm I'm gonna be there. Um if nothing else, just to go to a game this year. Because I haven't been in a game in a couple of years now. Uh, we're going to change it this weekend. Oklahoma State wins this game, moves to ten and one, gets their spot to to lose in Bedlam because they're they're going to lose that game. They always do, <laughs> even when they're the better team. Yeah, even the years they shouldn't have lost, they'll somehow do it. Uh, Twenty five. I, I wanted to throw this out there. Okay, you mentioned that Oklahoma State averages thirty two points per game. If you take out the 63 against TCU and the 55 against Kansas, that drops to 25. Hmm. So the fact that you have them scoring 38 is kind of, it's it's kind of it's, it seems kind of high, brother. Well, it's, it's, it's a little well, up there. Everything could come down. It could be like Oklahoma State could win this game 27 to 17. Of course, I mean, yeah, they may just keep steamrolling like they did last week and, and, you know, just annihilate us in some form of or something or, or just have a really hot quarter like they were able to a couple of times. I mean, they scored 21 in the second and the fourth. Good gosh. And and we, we could give up 200 rushing yards to Jalen Warren. So we'll see. It's, yeah. Just got to just got to see. I don't want to I don't want to discount what Tech was able to do on Saturday. That was incredible. Probably one of the biggest wins that was, I don't know, I, the Gauchos talked about this, and I think Rob pretty much nailed the same ones I thought of. The the oh, the 18 win in Stillwater was really big at that time, and then it ended up not really being worth a hill of beans because Tech lost like five in their next seven. And then um, I don't know what the other one was. I guess the Austin, 
yeah, the UT game. I think you mentioned that one too, that essentially got Kingsbury another year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, this, that just felt really big, but it also feels like Oklahoma state. We got to look at the reality of it. They have somehow put together a super solid team. Sanders is playing better. They've, they've got a good running back and that defense is a mess. So they're going to be hard to, to, uh, to run on pass on all of the above thought I just had though. Michael talks about pressure. Yes. Texas tech has exceeded their season expectations with two games to go. It's true. There is a head coach in place. Cumbie has done what he can do to make a name for himself. There is no pressure on Texas tech this weekend. Whereas Oklahoma state, like I said, they're, they're looking at how they can best situate themselves into the playoff. They need a big win this weekend, a big win next weekend to do well on the conference, the conference championship game, and then worry about where they're going to be in the final rankings for the playoff. They've got three and four games ahead on their, on their schedule. They're like, wait, we've got to do so. We got to do, we got to do it. We got to, this is our year. And we're just like, we're playing with house money, man. If we lose, well, we were kind of supposed to lose this one, but man, if we win, like we've seen that Cumbie can get these players in the right mindset. Can you imagine this team winning eight games? And like just wreck and shop winning the last three games uh, against three of your most difficult opponents on the schedule, Oklahoma, well, not, Oklahoma, or sorry, not Oklahoma, uh, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, and then Baylor. Well, not just most difficult, but just, um, the, the worst results over the last decade. Yeah. All three of those teams have find that. Well, I need to go find that yeah. tweet. I had, I had a good tweet about that. All right. As you're looking that up, we'll look around the rest of the conference. We mentioned Iowa state is at Oklahoma this weekend. Oklahoma's only a four point favor favorite here. Um, Lincoln Riley, man, I don't know what's going on. Like he can't figure out which quarterback he wants to play or start. Caleb Williams got pulled in the Baylor game. Um, I don't think Iowa state's defense is as good as Baylor's this year. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. They're at home. Iowa state has been the thorn in the side of Oklahoma as well as Kansas state, really the big 12 North schools. But give me Oklahoma to, to win and cover the four points here. I think I'm there too. I, I don't like it. I, mm. You know, I don't like Michael is, is the next game we'll talk about. But let's, okay. You, you're, are, are you taking Oklahoma? Or are you going to take Iowa State to bounce back and cover? Bad look for, bad look for a Mule Shoe native Lincoln Riley this week. Yeah, so there, there, there are a couple of things along with the game that happened uh, in Waco. Like, yeah, I, it, it was it was bad because it looked like in the moment it looked like he was whining about Baylor taking a timeout and kicking a like a last second field goal and they were already up by ten points. Um, the Baylor fans had rushed the field prematurely, which is. I, I don't fault them, right? Like I, they probably assume like the time was just going to run out that Baylor was not going to take a timeout to kick a field goal. And so as time was expiring, they ran in the field. Oklahoma sends their players up the, up the ramp to locker room. Oh wait, there's one second left and Baylor wants to run a play. <laughs> and then he's complaining um, 
that Baylor should have been penalized and moved back and they weren't. Um, right. I mean, and, and that's, that's fair, but he was the, the thing that got me was the whole, well, you know, that's just not what you do. You running up the score and all that. It's like, well then don't put Spencer Rattler in when tech's up by 30 tech's down by 30 and have him throw deep to the freaking end zone. You Jack. Yeah. Let's, let's not talk about the demeaning aspect of getting a kill, a field goal kicked on you. Okay. Big whoop. You're not, they're not thrown to the end zone up 30. I, I was kind of hoping um, that Oklahoma would not call their players back out and, and Baylor would have to run another play that they would just like walk a touchdown in. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The weirdest one of the week, Texas at West Virginia, West Virginia is a home favorite here by almost a field goal. Uh, B. John Robinson will be out the rest of the season injured his elbow against that debacle against Kansas. They got down big at home to Kansas. You know what was weird about how Bijan walked off the field? Did you notice that? I didn't. He I walked didn't. he walked to the end zone just like he and this trainer just leisurely walked. They didn't go to the sideline and then go to the end zone. They just walked the full length of the damn field and everybody just had to wait <laughs> for them to walk all the way 70 yards or whatever to the end zone, then to the tunnel. I thought that was kind of strange. I've never seen anyone do that. Usually if someone has an injury or something, they walk to the sideline and then they get over there. But nope, this was just a weird way to just a just a, a the maraschino cherry on top of all the weirdness that Kansas had a walk on catch the two point conversion who had never played a snap of offense to win the game. Have you seen, I'm oh, sorry, really quickly. Have you seen the video of his parents celebrating? No, they were, they were there. there. They were there. They were in the opposite end zone, but like they were lined up exactly where their son caught the pass. Like, one, they were super excited. Like, Oh, Kansas won. Like, wait, was that hit? Like, I, I, I forget his name. I'm, I'm going to say Grayson. Cause that's my son. Like, was that Grayson? Was that crazy? That was Grayson. And they just lose their minds. And then of course, <laughs> in the celebration, he runs the, the player that caught the, the two one conversion runs all the way up the field, like to point and celebrate with his, which is really cool. I got like goosebumps, but yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, Texas a three point road. Dog. Like if they lose to West Virginia, I'm actually gonna be mad because of what they did to us. Like, man, but West Virginia, man, I, they may still have the horses to, to, to put Texas away and, and, and they may just be down and, and just out of it for good. Anyways, after one losing five games in a row now, but also losing to Kansas at home. Yeah. Then you immediately get to pack up and go to Morgantown. Um, I don't know. This could also be a rally the troops game. I don't know if it's going to be, because they know they've got to win the last two to even extend their season even at all. Get to a bowl. <laughs> I, I'd be tempted to take this. I just can't believe that UT plus two and a half in West Virginia is is a is an actual line in year of our Lord twenty twenty one with what we've seen West Virginia do this year and what everyone expected UT to do. Give me West Virginia to win, Bama. Give me <laughs> there you go. All right, just go for it. Kansas at TCU without a without their starting quarterback, without any scholarship running backs, a three touchdown favorite after what we just saw. Kansas to cover, hammer that bad boy. 
Yes. Baylor, a road favorite at Kansas State. One point over Kansas State. I'm sorry, Kansas State. Baylor's going to, they're not going to roll because that's, that's not what they do, but they're going to win and they're going to win comfortably. Well, in Kansas State, for the most part, doesn't allow teams to roll them over either. No. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'm still would pick Baylor on this too. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to questions and then what we learned because we're running a little bit long today. <laughs> now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. Questions were sent out or call for questions. Kyle Lang at sports underscore Kyle Lang. Garibay's kick was the best tech football moment in maybe the last decade. Basketball looks like they've got the right talent. Just a question of whether they can play at a high level. And then looking at the bowl projections, I'll take the cheese it bowl. I, I, I kind of like that one. I do like it. Yeah. Hoping tech, tech keeps it close since I'll be at the game. Oklahoma State 38, Texas Tech 24. Well, so y'all were pretty close in your scores there. I had, I had some Cheez-Its today, Kyle. They were delicious. They were a little extra toasty. Not the, Now, they weren't the, ex, the box of extra toasty, which I haven't tried yet. I need to try that, though. But uh, yeah, whoever was running the oven on the assembly line on this batch of Cheez-Its just really nailed it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, we were kind of talking about that, that the best tech football moment in maybe the last decade, uh, aside from what, you know, beating OU at home that year with Tuberville, yeah. maybe beating West Virginia at home. Yeah, I mean, so but, that, uh, but, but we're talking actually at a moment though. Um, if we're talking an actual moment, like a play, basically, I'd have to really think about it. That That is so ingrained in my head, that's going to be really tough to beat for the last decade. There's, we haven't had a game that close, there's that meaningful. So many things that like just went in to what made that kick meaningful. Um, I think it was like the distance that it, you won the game against a team that you haven't beaten in a while, um, that the emotions of your fans getting back in it with the officiating. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure that there's a, there's a, a bigger moment over the past decade. Um, little people, big world is yeah, up that, there. That was pretty cool. Or the, uh, the immaculate reception, like the two years later, and I know that's kind of a weird way to say it. When, um, Mahomes threw the interception and then Devin Lauderdale was obliterated the def- defensive back and he dropped the ball but Grant was there and he, he caught the ball in the air and then ran it in for a touchdown. That was pretty cool. Uh, did it win the game? No, it was a part of the win. Um, but yeah, there was like, that crazy um, overtime game against TCU with Eric Ward, like 55 52 or something like that. And I think Eric Ward caught it, a couple of really big mm-hmm. catches in the end zone. And then uh, uh, Alex Torres caught the two point conversion to win the game. Yeah, that that might be kind of up there as actual just moments. Like uh, they'd have to be game winning moments, really, or game sealing moments. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I really think it's up there, man. And yes, me being there Saturday is definitely clouding my judgment because that was incredible. 
I I don't think it is calling your judgment because I like I said, <laughs> you don't see like you rarely see fifty yard field goals in the college game. Like you, you feel pretty good once you get like inside forty five or like in, just inside fifty. Um, and I've said it so many times, but like as they were lining up to kick a sixty two yard field goal, I was like, what are they doing? And then I, I, I turned to my wife and said, "There's no way this goes in, right?" Like, and, and then I was like, "Now I'm concerned they're going to kick six us." Kick six us. Yeah, that's it, right? Because they, they, Iowa State called their final timeout and put a returner back there under the goalpost. And then I thought it was interesting in the post game, they asked some of the players uh, that were in the, the post game press conference when they knew that the kick was good. Donovan Smith said as soon as he went on the field, because he's like, we, I just had that confidence. I was like, okay, dude. Um, I don't remember if it was if it was uh, Miles Price or or Rabbit. He said he was watching the returner, and the returner he said just looked up and he's like, "Yep, that's going in." <laughs> Cumbie well, said he he watched Garibay's follow through. He said, "You know, it's it's like when you watch a golf swing. If they hold that pose, you know they thought that they hit a pretty good shot. He's like, yeah. if they fall off or if they if they drop it real quick." But like he watched Garibay's follow through. He's like, that's going in. And then looked up Garibay. His answer was actually really funny because he said, he's like, you know, I'm like six foot and like my lines are like six, five and taller. And so once the ball was off, they all stood up. I couldn't see it. (laughs) So he said, I reacted when everybody else reacted because he couldn't see it. Well, I, I just to give some context to this, not to, because everybody knows how incredible this was. In the NFL, the top 10 longest field goals in the NFL, 9 and 10 are 62 yarders. And, and only five times ever has someone hit a 62-yard field goal in the NFL. So, and only seven times ever, or eight times, I guess, eight times ever, ever, ever has anyone hit a field goal longer than that. And some of these are probably in domes. Yeah. Garibay did say, um, well, so one Cumby said that they picked the way that they were going to go to end up with the wind of their back at the beginning of the game. They said, when we have the ball, we want to be going that way with the wind to end the game. Garibay ended up saying like, he looked up at the flags at the end to kind of judge like they weren't moving. Like, no. like man, I kind of wish we had some wind there. Didn't need it. Um, he did say, yeah. I don't know if you heard it. He had a, in practice and his and and not this year, just in his training, he's attempted and made a seventy yarder before. <laughs> now, not hear that. He said, "Like it, it's in his training, right? So this is like optimal conditions. Like he's got the wind how he wants it. He doesn't worry about trajectory so much." Um. He said in in pregame warmups he was hitting him from sixty and felt pretty good about that. Um. And so he, he told Tom Riddell, they're like, just get me close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I just couldn't believe that he was able to do it. And the wind had died down significantly. Having been there, I was in the Southwest corner at the top there. Anytime it got quiet, you know, they, they had a, uh, they played all the, the hymns and stuff for the, you know, the, the service, Oh gosh, I'm just completely butchering this. Coast Guard, Air Force, Navy. 
that was the halftime show. And then they had a moment of silence afterwards. And during that moment of silence and taps, there was taps being played. The flags behind me were whipping so loud. People in front of me kept turning to look and like, it's like, what the, what is going on? Like, you know, just the flags that have big 12 or whatever around the stadium. Mm-hmm. And they were just pop, 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 pop. They were just popping like crazy. So it was so silent. You could hear it. But yeah, by then, by the time Garibay was up there, it had died down quite a bit. And so he didn't have as much wind as he would have, you know, even 30 minutes before. It yeah. was all boot, baby. All right. Let's uh, let's get to what we learned and wrap this up now that we have a two-hour episode again. It's been oh, a while great. since we've done that. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I'll go first. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. I complained about the the beginning of the end. Paper straws are upon us. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, really. Um, we, as a family, we're just like, we're going to try out metal straws. Because, like, sure, we're, we're, we're going to be on board. Like, if they're going to force paper straws on us, we'll, we'll, we'll also do our part. Reduce our, our plastic straw consumption. Um, we bought a pack of metal straws. Got one here with the little rubberized tip at the end. Oh, I haven't seen those. <sighs> big fan, big, big fan. Cause you know what? They're, they're uh, dishwasher safe. So just take them out, throw in the dishwasher and good to go. My the wife Rogers, has one. She has one of those cups with that, that came with one. And, and I keep thinking, I don't know if I would be that into it or not. This pack we got, I think it's like 16 in it. They've got like just long straight ones, the like shorter straight ones. Uh, and then short curve and long curve and then all those tips. So anytime that we get any kind of takeout, as long as we can help it, we're going to use a, uh, use our metal straws much better than the paper straws. Michael, what'd you learn? Okay. This is basically from you. Uh, last week I talked about diving into my second fast food app. Previously had Taco Bell. Now I have Taco Bell and Whataburger. And you mentioned something about how feeling a little less self-conscious about customizing your Whataburger just like you want with the app. And that was a nice aspect of it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try that. So this week, because I've already used it so much, I had a free Whataburger. Um, I wanted to customize it and not have to pay anything for it. So, you know, jalapenos, you've got to pay. And I found out through the app that you can get grilled jalapenos. I thought you oh, could yeah, only man. just... That's the only ones I yeah, did. I know. And that's what I... That's, when I first ordered there, that's what I did. But this time I was like, okay, I want to customize this Whataburger. I'm, I didn't even add cheese to it because it was free. So instead of regular onions, I had grilled onions, which mm-hmm. are free. And then all those sauces are available. So instead of mustard or mayo or anything, I did the jalapeno ranch. Ooh. Jalapeno ranch and grilled onions on a Whataburger? Son. <laughs> Son, that'll do it. That'll, that'll, that'll hunt right there. And so I was really, you know, I was inspired by you basically. So I've learned that through the app with Whataburger customization, much like Lindsay Lohan learned, the limit does not exist. It just does not. You can do whatever you want. The limit does and, not exist. <laughs> and this will be so easy because um, my wife likes the, she likes the all-time burgers, quite a few of them, but it's a lot of burger for her to eat. And so she usually gets the water, you know, the water burger junior version of it, which sometimes depending on who you talk to 
on the screen or, you know, through the speaker that they're like, what, what do you mean? So sometimes it takes a little bit of walking through, but on the, on the app, it's very clear. You can like select the four inch bun if you want. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the junior size version of if you want the green chili double, yeah, I want the green chili double, but I don't want the big one. I can get the four inch version of it and still or get everything can, on it. You can get it on a brioche bun. Or you can get on Texas what? toast or you can like, if a sandwich comes with a Texas toast, you can switch it out for a regular bun or no. Well, bun. That's the other thing I've seen too. They're like, well, you want us to toast both sides or it's toast the bun. You want me to toast the top and the bottom bun? I was like, do you want the I bun oil on it? Yet. Yeah. Do you want heavy mustard, light mustard, no mustard, you know, heavy so, pickles, light pickle. I mean, all these different options. And I'm just, I'm just learning, man. I just, right. So when I'm I go to weigh 290 pounds by the time <laughs> I've got it figured out. When, when I go through and do my heavy customized burger, double meat, this, this is going to sound bad. So no, it's not. <laughs> it's going to sound great. No. Two meat, three pieces of cheese. That's right. You were talking about that. I get bacon, grilled jalapenos. You basically make your own baconator. <laughs> kind of. Um, which is, 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 I, I, I do like Wendy's. Um, I go easy lettuce, easy tomato, no onion. I leave the pickle alone, mustard and mayo. I I would, I would, I could get down with that. I would probably that's need not to an, lay down. It's not, after oh, no, as well, <laughs> it's not an everyday thing like that. This is a substantial sandwich. Like, <laughs> yes. This sucker this will the, fill you up and hold you down, man. This would give you the cal- calorie intake warning on your checkout. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't I know what I'm doing. I don't need to know that I'm consuming like two thirds of my daily intake in this sandwich. <laughs> I'm good. I like I've, that we're calling it a sandwich that just makes it sound less, <laughs> less commanding. Yeah. You know, you know, like grilled cheese is a sandwich. So is a, a double dog. meat, three cheese, bacon <laughs> The grilled jalapeno Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, man. I've, I've, I've never, I've not done, well, sorry. I have done the, the, the triple patty before way too much. It, it gets to be too big. Like even on the double meat, like that's kind of pushing it. Like of the, just the, the height of the sandwich should be able to get a bite into it, which another reason why I like to do easy lettuce. Cause their lettuce it's not shredded lettuce. So like it, it adds height to their sandwiches. Anyways, some depth, some depth with the lettuce. <laughs> now, now that we've gone a full two hours and done way too much food talk, uh, we're going to wrap this one up get you ready for the Oklahoma state game this weekend. Hit us up. Rob Rowe college delegate show Saturday, 10 to noon for Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.